Thank you, worship team. Praise God. We serve a great God, amen? And uh, glad you guys are here with us, everybody, for Memorial Day weekend. We're glad you took time to come to church this morning, amen? And uh, just something that was uh, been rolling around in my spirit, and uh, when I was uh, approached to speak, I it was just fitting for especially Memorial Day weekend, um, the message. And the title of my, my message this morning is called DNA. And uh, this morning we're going to talk about something called the grace of God. And uh, a lot of people have heard different viewpoints on it. They've heard different views of it. And, but this morning I'm going to kind of get to the nuts and bolts of it, the basic of it, and so that you can walk out of here, out of New Creation Church, with a different mindset Number one, on God and what he's done for you, but also in how to live life. Amen? Because God wants us to live life and life more abundantly. If you've got your Bibles this morning, go to Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8. We're going to begin reading in the New King James Version. Verse 8, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. In other words, it wasn't in your ability. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you once Gentiles in the flesh who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at a time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Here's the thing. We're going to talk about the grace of God this morning. And the thing about the grace of God, God says it was by the grace of God that Jesus went to the cross. It was by the grace of God that Jesus endured the pain, the tribulation of going through the pain of the cross so that we could have life and life more abundantly. It was the grace of God that Paul the apostle could sit in a prison, a Roman empire prison. And this wasn't prison with TVs, y'all. This wasn't prison with video games. This wasn't prison with, with, with break time. This was dirt, dirt floors. This was nasty prison. This was terrible prison. And he was able to do it by the grace of God. Many of the other apostles, they were able to live life and, and, and go against society's norms to serve Christ because of the grace of God. This morning, we're going to define the grace of God. A simple division of grace is this, love acting, Christ's love in action and his empowerment in our lives. I want you to notice a part there where it says empowerment in our lives. We're going to talk about that. First Peter Chapter 5, verse 10, it talks about how Christ, he is the God of all grace. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 6, if you're taking notes, it talks about his throne as a throne of grace. And then in Hebrews 10, verse 29, the Holy Spirit is called the Spirit of grace. Are you getting something here? Basically, is this God is grace. It's his DNA, it's who he is. And here's the thing Ephesians chapter 4, verse 27. Sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7, it says, But to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. I want to stop right there. Grace has been given to us. When you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, God gives you the gift of grace. You've been given it. 
you have this thing called grace. And so you have this thing called grace. It's then this thing called grace that enables you to live this life of being a Christian. Really quickly, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 4. It says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Did you know this morning that grace can be multiplied in your life? Just like a bank account, your bank account can be subtracted or it can be multiplied. I've got news for you. It's better when your bank account is having multiplication in it. Subtraction is not good for your bank account. The same thing with God. Multiplication of God's life in you is good. Subtraction is bad. You don't want to subtract the life of God inside of you. You want to multiply it. And so here's the thing. God's given us grace, but he's also given us the ability to multiply grace. Amen? Grace, another, another I like to define it this way, and I'm going to kind of sum it all up in a, in a nutshell. Grace is God's DNA. You know, what is DNA? DNA is this. It's simple. DNA, you, your outward appearance is the product of the DNA from your parents. In other words, DNA is your genetic code. Your genetic code comes from your parents and who they are. That's why you look the way you are. Part of it, praise the Lord. (laughs) I like to say I got the good DNA from my parents. My other siblings, I don't know. I can't speak for them, but I'm kidding. Uh, But I like to say I got the good DNA. Here's the thing. Your DNA is your genetic code. In that genetic code, there's something called this. Check this out. A genotype. That genotype is the blueprint of your genetic code. That genotype then produces something of an outward appearance called your phenotype. Here's the thing. This morning, God wants us to take our genotype and produce the phenotype of Christ in our lives. See, the world is waiting for us as Christians to step up and step out and and produce the phenotype of Christ to the world. They're waiting for us. They're looking at us. And here's the thing. The greatest witness you can be is to allow your genotype to produce a phenotype of Christ. So this morning, when when you think about grace, I want you to think about DNA. Go over to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 10. It says this, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Paul here was saying, the grace of God produced who I am as a Christian. Let me, let me just kind of dissect this this morning because some of you are looking at me like, what is, what are you, where are you going with this? I'm going to show you really quickly here. I'm going to dissect this. How many in here, now listen, I know there's some older folks in this congregation. There's some younger folks. But for the older folks, don't tell me you don't know this person's name. But Captain America was a superhero back in the 50s, okay? I do, you know, I I know, Lois, you know who Captain America is. So Captain America, check this out. And this is a great thing because I love the Avengers movies and we got comic book movies galore. I love comic books. And so the Avengers out, right? So Captain America... How does he become Captain America? He becomes Captain America because they injected into his DNA something called a super soldier serum. Let me just relate this to you. When you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, most of us don't realize this, but I want you to realize this this morning. You got injected 
with Heavenly's super soldier serum. What does that mean? That means that you've been given an ability that's stronger than what's normal. You've been given God's supernatural power and ability. That's why in Ephesians it says the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe. That means whatever situation you're facing, whatever temptation you're facing, guess what? You have the super soldier serum inside you to resist. I'm here to tell you, we're talking about Memorial Day, but if my history serves me right, in the 1930s and 40s, there was a well-known tyrant in trying to take over Europe. And guess what happened? Some people, some people with some courage stood up and started what? Resisting him. This morning, I'm going to show you some things where we can have, be able to step up and resist another tyrant named Satan. And we can put him out of our lives. Not to say he's not going to try to, to weasel his way in, but guess what? We have a fight that we can push him out. And this morning, when we're talking about grace, we're talking about genetic code. When you, when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior, you're, you are produced. God puts his DNA inside of you. Praise the Lord. The Bible talks about Christ in us, the hope of glory. Here's the thing. Let me go real quick. I'm just going to go off my notes real quick here, but um, check this out. Uh, praise God. I'll just skip that real quick. Go to Galatians chapter 3, verse 19 for the sake of time. I may come back to that. But when Jesus died on the cross, he did something great for every one of us in this room. He gave us saving grace. Saving grace became the root of who we are as Christians. We're going to talk about that in a minute. But Galatians chapter 3, verse 19, it says this. Why then was the law given? It was given alongside the promise to show people their sins. But the law was designed to last only until the coming of the child who was promised. God gave his law through angels to Moses, who was the mediator between God and the people. You might say, why are we talking about the laws? I'll tell you why we're talking about the laws. A lot of people have talked about grace. Grace is not a license to sin. Grace gives us the ability the ability to resist sin. Grace that comes with salvation gives a, is a forgiveness that we have of sins. Of course that is. But the grace that we grow in God, that grace gives us the ability to resist the devil and to resist his temptations. Jesus showed us in Matthew chapter 4 when he was tempted in the wilderness. Here comes Satan along trying to tempt him. Jesus resisted him. Jesus was saying, listen, if I can do it, you can do it. How did he say that? John chapter 14, verse 12. He said, the works that I do, you shall do also, but greater works. In other words, Jesus is saying, if I can do it, guess what? You can do it. I'm here to tell you this morning that grace has given us the ability to do things we never thought we could do in our own power. Your flesh, it wants to sin. Your flesh wants to do things contrary to God. The word talks about this. But God says with his grace, I've given you power to overcome, power to have victory, power to live life like you never thought you could live. And that's what God wants to do, amen? So we're talking about the Old Testament here real quick with the laws. Here's the thing. The Old Testament was full of the laws. 
God made the laws for the children of Israel so that people, to try to keep them in line, to try to protect them. But check this out. It says that the law can only do so much. The law was a promise to show people that they were a sinner. You know, there's a lot of people out there that don't know they're doing stuff that is sin. Not everybody knows what sin is. Sometimes we gotta, we got to know more about God to know what sin is about. Amen? God shows us in his word what it is. Law tells me, Dwight L. Moody said this, the law tells me how crooked I am. Grace comes along and straightens me out. Amen. I'll tell you right now, I'm a man that needed straightening out. Praise the Lord. You can just ask my parents. I needed some straightening out. But guess what? Grace comes. The more grace of God I have in my life, the more God is able to straighten me out and fix things that I never could be fixed before. Here's the thing. Romans chapter 7, verse 7. It says this in the New Living Translation. It says, well then, am I suggesting that the law of God is sinful? Of course not. In fact, it was the law that showed me my sin. I would never have known that coveting is wrong if the law had not said you must not covet. You know, there's a lot of people that don't know. They simply don't know. But here's the thing. When Jesus came and died, he did something with grace that was different from the Old Testament. Check this out. Go to Hebrews chapter 10, verse 1. Hebrews 10, verse 1. It says, for the law, having a shadow of the good things to come and not the very image of the things, can never with these same sacrifices which they offer continually year by year make those who approach perfect. Colossians 2 verse 17 also talks about it being a shadow. What it was was God saying it was a shadow. This glass bottle of water, it is intended to quench my thirst, correct? Correct. This bottle of water has a shadow. If I put it here with the lighting in here, it has a shadow. That shadow cannot quench my thirst, can it? Shadow can't do much for us. The water inside is what quenches my thirst. When Jesus came and died on the cross for us, he took what was a shadow and turned it into substance into our lives. Let me me just break this some more down for you. When he turned it into substance, he gave you the ability to be something you never could thought you could be on this planet. He gave us abilities that they did not have in the Old Testament. He gave us abilities to walk things out and to live a life for Christ that we never thought we could live. And it's because it became from a shadow but became a substance right inside of us with Jesus inside of us. Because when God's DNA is inside of you, His substance is inside of you. And that's the only thing that will quench your thirst. Nothing else in life can quench your thirst like Christ's substance. Amen. So that's what he did. Basically, God's grace saved us. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10. It says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works. Here's the thing. Works is not the root of grace, but works is the fruit of grace. Works is the fruit that is produced in your life that says, I am a Christian. That says, I am saved. I am a child of the living God. Grace, the, the works does not, is not the root, but it is the fruit that's produced from the root, which is salvation. Here's the thing. We've got to get to the point where we understand this. It's not that, listen, every one of us make mistakes. Every one of us will fall. Every one of us, you know, sin is something that we have on this planet. 
But my point this morning is that I've got good news for you. What is that good news? That good news is this, that you don't have to sin. You don't have to do it. You can resist sin. Why? Because God's grace gives you the ability not to sin. It gives you strength where you didn't have strength to resist temptation. It gives you strength where you didn't have strength to resist sin that can lead to death, that can destroy your life. And yes, God does forgive. First John, you know, he talks about this. He forgives us. Don't be always leaning on God to be there for you when he's always there already and he's waiting for you to take that step. He's waiting for you. Grace tells us that we can do things we never thought we could do. When the Bible says yes, says no to any work on our part, the Bible says yes to good works generated by God's name. See, here's the thing. Producing salvation says no, no to works on our part. But when it comes to living the life, it does say the fruit that's produced from the works. Amen. So works doesn't base on our salvation, but works does base on how we do. Paul talked about this, the root and the fruit. Paul said in Galatians 2 verse 16, it says, man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. That's talking about the root, salvation. Paul also talked about the fruit, Hebrews 10, verse 24. It says this in verse 24, 10, Hebrews 10, 24. It says, let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That's talking about the fruit. That's talking about the fruit. I'm here to tell you guys some good news this morning. You don't have to be the same level you are today. You can grow. God's given us the ability to grow in him. And I'm going to finish off today with giving you some points of how to grow. How to grow in God. First John chapter 1, verse 16. In the Amplified, it says this. It says, for out of his fullness or his abundance, we have all received, all had a share, and we're all supplied with one grace after another and spiritual blessing upon spiritual blessing and even favor upon favor and gift heaped upon gift. God has given us so much. I wonder sometimes if we as Christians, when we get saved, if we understand the magnitude of the power of God that God has given us in our lives to live on this planet victoriously and do things we never thought we could do. And here's the thing. Go to Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. In the New Living Translation, I'm going to read. It says in verse 10, So you also are complete through your union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and authority. The first thing you need to know about grace of God is, is our relationship. It's a union. It's like a marriage. When we're united with Christ, it's like a marriage. And just like any other marriage, guess what? You work through your marriage. <laughs> Those of you who are married. You know you don't have it all together from day one. Amen? There's a thing called intense fellowships that come along. They're arguments, but we call them intense fellowships. Amen? We're not arguing. We're just having an intense fellowship. Anyway. But you work through it, right? Here's the thing. We're in a marriage with God. And so guess what? There are some times when we have to work it out. There are some times, I, I promise you, I have gone to God and complained to God and said, God, are you outside your mind? Are you crazy? 
I take issue with this. But guess what? He always wins the argument. I don't even know why I try because I know he's going to win. He just goes, Kevin, you remember this? I said, you really have to bring that up. (laughs) But he always gets it right, amen? It's just like your marriage. You have to know that you're going to have to work it out. And sometimes you're going to have to admit, I was wrong. I made a mistake. But guess what? As you work at it, your marriage gets better, right? As you work on it. Praise the Lord, right? It's work. Marriage is work. Praise the Lord. It's good work. It's blessed work. But it's work. Praise the Lord. I'm married too. I know. (sighs) Praise the Lord. The roses. Anyway, I'll just stop. Uh, I'm going to give you five ways to grow in grace this morning. Check this out. Five ways. Number one. Your faith. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. It says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Faith in God is the start of growing our grace. And what it is is saying, God, I trust you. I'm putting everything into your hand my life, who I am, what I do, and saying, God, I don't understand how this is going to work out, but I'm going to put it in your hand. It's also putting our time in his hand, spending time with him. That's a key component there. Relationships are communication. Without communication, there's no love. The men's breakfast, I did a whole thing about communication. Love has communication. Us guys, I know we, we like to shut down and not say much. I've tried that once. It didn't work out too well for me. We wanted a conversation. I was like, little less conversation. That didn't work. <laughs> Elvis got me in trouble. Anyway, but God wants conversation with us. He wants conversation. We have to have that. It starts with number one, faith. Number two, knowledge of God. Second Peter chapter one, verse two. Verse two, it says, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord. Here's the thing. The more we know, we get in his word every day, we spend time. This word of God, guys, this is one of the biggest love letter novels you could ever have for somebody. And God made it himself just for you. And that's how, this is how much communication he wants with you. I'm telling you right now, that should excite us that God loves us that much. Sometimes we got to go back to our first love. Back to who he really is. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Go over. The third one is humility. Let me, and this is a fun one too. This is a, it's going to step on some toes. I got my toes stepped on. It's good. It's good. James chapter four, verse six. In the New Living Translation, it says this. And he, and he gives grace generously. As, as the scripture says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. So humble yourselves before the, before God resist the devil and he will flee from you. (laughs) Humility is this, a modest or low view of one's importance, humbleness. (laughs) Praise the Lord. This is a fun one. I was in prayer the other day and the Lord showed me that this, the Lord told me this. He said this. He said, fear is the fruit produced from our confidence and trust in our own abilities. Faith is fruit produced from confidence and trust in God's abilities. That's what we have to have. And see, humility says, says I can't do this. I can't, I, I'll tell you guys, I can't even get up here like this if it wasn't for the grace of God. 
We can't breathe and live without the grace of God. We have everything we have. We got to understand that as Christians, we can have everything and we have everything by God's grace. And it's not about us. We can't do it in our own ability. But when it's God's ability, we can do anything. Amen. So that's what God wants. God wants, number one, humility, knowing that it's not about us. Dwight L. Moody said this. Dwight L. Moody said this. God sends no one away empty except those who are full of themselves. Ouch. Do a double ouch. Okay. I do three ouches. I I do that personally. But anyway, God wants to realize that it's all in his ability and not ours. That's where grace is able to grow. God's able to say, you know what? I got somebody who's not going to try to do it on their own. They're not going to try to take the driver's seat. They're going to be fine with sitting in the back and let me take the driver's seat of this vehicle. And when God can do that, guess what? That's where his grace is able to increase in our lives. That's the second, that's the third thing, praise the Lord. The fourth thing is boldness. Check this out. Arrogance is pride based on self. (laughs) This is great. Boldness is confidence based on God. I'll tell you one thing right now. When you have confidence in God, you can have the boldness to go to him. When I was a kid and I was younger, and my parents and our relationship broke down. You know how it broke down? Relationships break down sometimes with teenagers and parents, you know? I, I work with teenagers. I know all about it. Sometimes a relationship breaks down. When our relationship broke down, if something bad was going on in my life, my parents were probably the last people I was confident in going to. Because knowing them, they probably say, I told you so. I'm kidding. No, they were the But when the relationship isn't broke down, you can have the confidence to go to that person. You ever notice when you're in an argument with someone, it's hard to go to them, have confidence to go to them about something you're dealing with? (laughs) You can't really do that. But when the relationship is good, you feel confidence in going and saying, I've got this issue, I need some help. That's how another way the grace of God grows in your life. Can't let that break down. Fifth and final thing is undying love. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 24. Ephesians 6, verse 24, it says, Grace be with all those who love our Lord Jesus Christ in sincerity. 1 John 4, verse 19, it says, We love him because he first loved us. Here's the thing. Sometimes we got to go back to our first love and realize how much we love each other. You know, those of you who are married, you realize you go through, you're married for a while and you start going through the motions of marriage. Marriage becomes the motions and then the kids come and becomes the motions and the motions and the motions. And at some point as a married couple, you have to take a stop, pause, stop, and go back and start loving on each other. Sometimes me and Jen uh, will get together and I'll, we'll just start talking about when we first met and we get all the googly eyes and like, oh yeah, I'm so, and I'm like, I am so blessed. And I got to tell you this story because one time I was, <laughs> ah, praise the Lord. I was in this church meeting of thousands of people, okay? And, and I'm minding my own business. I'm ushering. I'm helping out catching. They got a Holy Ghost line. People falling out in the power of God. And there's thousands of people in this congregation. And these guest ministers lady was up front and she's flown by the spirit. And she calls my wife out in front. And Jen comes up and she calls her out and she looks at her and goes, where's your husband? And she points back to me and she goes, him? I'm like, 
okay, can I go sit in the back? And is there, I got to go to the bathroom or something. I don't know. And then, and then she doesn't stop there. She looks at me and look, points to me in front of the whole crowd. How did you, how in the world did you get her? I was like, I don't know, God, maybe. I, <laughs> but what's funny, I was like, I was sitting here after the service, like, I don't need a reminder of how blessed of a man I am. I know I'm blessed. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. But I am so blessed. And, and here's the thing. Sometimes I have to go back and, and, and remember when we first met and say, you know what? Man, how blessed I am. I wouldn't be the man I am today without my wife. I wouldn't be where I am today without Jen. And here's the thing. We need to go back and remember our love for Christ and remember that we wouldn't be where we are today if it wasn't for Christ and his love. And here's the thing. We got to go back and remember that when our love is there, we're wanting to spend more time with him, which then grows more of the grace of God in our lives. Last but not least, there's things that will short-circuit the grace. Uh, go to Luke chapter 13, verse 34. Verse 34, it says, O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as the hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. You know, you can limit God. You can limit God in your life. The last thing I want to tell you is there, there's two things that will limit and decrease and subtract the grace of God in your lives. One of them is sin. The other one's disobedience. Disobedience goes back to the message I spoke last time about being led by the Spirit. You need to be in the right place at the right time where God wants you to be. You need to be doing the right thing that God wants you to be. That's what leads to the grace of, more of the grace of God in your lives, which leads to more victory in your life. This message this morning, I'm going to sum it all up real quickly here. It's Memorial Day weekend. The grace of God, if you don't remember anything, God's given you the grace and the ability of God to resist the enemy, to resist temptation, to resist the devil in your life, to resist things that would come against you to try to get you off track from God. And I'm here to tell you this morning, we celebrate Memorial Day for veterans that there were men and women who stepped up and said, I will have the courage to resist tyranny throughout this entire world so that we can have freedom in the United States. I'm here to tell you this morning, God wants you to stand up and resist the tyranny of Satan in your life so that you can have freedom to live the life that God called you to live. Grace is not just here for you to say, I've got more of God. It's here for you to do more for God. It's here for you to be more of God. It's here for you to do things you never thought you could do only with God. And this morning, I don't want you to walk out this room and say, oh my goodness, I've, I've made mistakes. Everybody in here has made mistakes. God knows that. That's why he had 1 John 1, 9. But don't be 1 John 1, 9 it all the time. Allow God to come in and start changing you and being the Lord of your life so that you can, look, you're gonna make mistakes. But the point is, is that those mistakes start diminishing as you go along. They start getting less and less and less and less as you grow closer and closer and closer to God. Jesus was our example. He, he showed us. He resisted the enemy. And the devil had to flee. Notice that he had to flee after that. He, devil can't, he can't, he can't do nothing to us unless we allow it to. So let's not allow. I'm look, I know God's looking for men and women of God, soldiers of Christ, 
that will step up this Memorial Day and say, I will resist the enemy. You don't resist by flesh and blood, but you resist by spending time with God, by having that union, by humbling yourself and saying, you know what, it's not about me, it's about you, God. I can't do all this. I'm not gonna try to do it in my own power. So let's do that this morning. Let's stand up to our feet this morning. And prayer partners, if you could come up front, we got prayer partners. And uh, I wanna encourage you, if you've never prayed the prayer of salvation, you don't know Jesus is your personal savior, man, please do not leave this place without making sure that's taken care of. That is so important. It's the greatest decision you could ever make with your life. Make sure you do. We have these prayer partners up here. They'll pray with you. They'll get that taken care of this morning. Also, if you've got issues in your life, you need someone to pray about. We got prayer partners to agree in prayer with you right down, down here this morning. Come down. We want to pray with you. And third and final, a lot of us in this room this morning, we've realized that we can go higher with God. Whatever level you're at, all of us make mistakes. I make mistakes. But wherever level you're at, Let's take that step with the grace of God. Let's allow more of the grace of God to come in our lives. That more of that enablement, more of that super soldier serum from Christ to come in so that we can resist the enemy and he will flee. Amen. Let's pray real quick. Father God, we just thank you, Lord, for this service. Thank you, Father, for every person under the sound of my breath, Father God. Wherever they're at, Father God, that you are encouraging this morning to take that time to solidify that union, that marriage between them and God. That Father God, it's a relationship. It's not just here on Sunday and then back again. It's every day of the week so that when they walk out those doors on Monday morning and it's game day, they prepared themselves for that game day. When the defense tries to attack the offense, Father God, they're gonna know how to resist. We thank you, Father, for every person in this room this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. Well, you're dismissed. And remember, Wednesday nights, we got uh, youth service, children's services, prayer, Wednesday night prayer. Don't miss out. We'll see you next week. Check out the VIP table. If you're a visitor, also the Welcome Center. God bless you.